All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, why you know people might want to get a line of credit on their house before they go and retire. So we're, I'm here with Alan. We're talking a little bit about um, you know people getting close to retirement and, and what are they typically? What are their goals by the time they get to retirement? Well, it's ironic that most people, their goal in life is to get to retirement and make sure their house is paid for. That seems to be one of the most important things for them. However, once they reach retirement and they have their house paid for, they realize that maybe that wasn't the best solution for them. Because the the house is paid for, they have the house, but the bank's got all the money. And for a lot of people, their home is their largest asset or where most of their money's tied up is in their home. And if they don't have a line of credit on it, they, um, they can't access that biggest savings account that they've set that money aside for for the retirement years. And the only way to get it uh, could be to sell their home. So they, you, you've heard of the term property rich and cash poor. There's a lot of people in Vancouver, for example, where the properties are worth million, million dollars plus and they're paid for, but they maybe only paid forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 for those homes 40 years ago. And so they're living in the family home that they've had for years, and it's a little, little old houses. But they're worth a lot of money, but the person can't qualify to tap into it. And I think this is where the big frustration is. So as an advisor, our recommendation is, is when people are still working, that's the time you want to get a line of credit set up on your house so you can access some of that money if you need it to supplement your retirement income. And I think for a lot of people... Um, nowadays, you know, they, they may have been paying down their debt and their mortgage at the expense of uh, not building enough income for the retirement years. So the other side of it is, is their house is still a liability. Even though there's not a mortgage on it, it still costs money to maintain it, to repair it, to operate it, to pay the taxes on it, to pay the insurance on it. So it still takes a whole, a whole bunch of income just to keep the house going, even if it is paid for and I think a lot of people seem to think that somehow they're going to be um, on easy street because they don't have a mortgage payment, but that may not be the case at all. So our recommendation is always to get a line of credit set up on that home, typically uh, up to 65%. If, you're, if you qualify while you're still, writing, or still working, that's when you want to get it set up. And then you can access it if you need to at any point down the road without having to apply or qualify or have some income verification or credit check done. So that's our advice for almost everyone in almost every situation. Whether you need it or not, get it set up when you're still working and qualify for it. Yeah, that's the thing. First of all, you know, getting it set up and, and enabled the right way is going gonna, is gonna to help you and it doesn't really cost you anything. You know, there's maybe some initial fees at the very beginning, but then all of a sudden you're tapping into the equity of the house. Uh, so you have actual access to the value of the house and the money that the, that the house represents. Um, so then you can use it uh, as you need to um, as, as time goes on. When you are retired, it's going to be pretty much impossible for you to qualify to get a mortgage on a house or to get a line of credit on your house. Um, it's very, very difficult to do that because of what these companies, these banks are looking for. Um, that's exactly what they're, you know, they're needing to see is income. They're needing to see um, what your credit score is and all those things in order to be able to even qualify you for any of these mortgages. So setting up this uh, line of credit. Now, there's lots of different banks that offer lines of credit on, on a house and stuff like that, especially if it's like pretty much paid off. Um, 
Do you have any recommendations about that? Well, being in business for 25 years, we've had the opportunity to experience um, one of the first uh, lines of credit at our local credit union. It was called an equity line, and we had one of the very first ones in Prince George. And then TD Canada Trust came up with theirs, and it was the TD Power Line, which was very similar, but the interest rate was more favorable. So we, we moved over to those. And then we found out, and I'm going to say around 2006, where I actually got approved to be able to offer the Manulife One which is a really unique uh, line of credit where a person can actually consolidate uh, other debts and clean them up and get all your debt in one place and also use all the other cash that's normally flowing through your hands in in the form of a savings account, a checking account, and you're using all of your money to reduce the cost of borrowing at the same time. So I'm biased in this way. I think for as a financial advisor, the Manulife Bank and their Manulife One is a phenomenal toolbox to help us get our cash flow under control, reduce the amount of debt we have as quickly as possible, and also reduce the amount of interest we're paying on that debt as quickly as possible. Now, if you don't have any debt, I guess those features and benefits won't make any difference, but um, the Manulife Bank is definitely a, a, a bank that the financial advisors choose because it gives us a lot of flexibility, and their specialty is working with advisors and helping their clients do a better job of managing their finances. So. Uh, That's um, who I'm authorized to uh, refer my clients to, and I prefer to use them, and they've been very good for us over the years. So I've had a Manulife one personally since 2006, and um, I've got nothing but great things to say about it. I've had no bad experiences with it over these years. Now, with a typical line of credit, just, you know, if you go to a bank to get a line of credit for whatever other reason, monthly they're going to send you a statement, and they're going to say, well, your minimum payment is this. Um, so that, I would assume, happens with a regular line of credit on your house um, at, at, the, at the regular banks. Is that, is that right? More often than not, that is the case. They would expect some kind of a repayment plan, at least the interest as a minimum from most banks. Some of them may be an exception nowadays. They might have changed the rules a bit. But that's been my experience in the past where they did expect you to make an interest payment on the balance owing. Whereas Manulife 1, there is no expectation. As long as you've got room in your line of credit to add that interest on top of your debt, uh, you can let it accumulate for as long as you want. So, for example, let's say you, you owed $50,000 on your line of credit, but it was pre-approved to 150000 You would be able to just keep adding the interest on that 50000 each month uh, to the debt without having to make a payment or do anything different because uh, you've got the credit room uh, established already and they don't expect you to make a payment. It's your money, and, and they know it, and, and you're paying for it. It's just uh, just getting added to the bottom line rather than you having to actually come in with some money and make a payment. So I like the freedom and the flexibility that that gives me as well. So after a few months, if money's tight or I've got other uh, areas where I need to uh, redirect the money, I can have the option of paying it down or not, or paying the interest or not. And I think that's the flexibility that I'd like to see a lot of my clients enjoy where they're in charge and they're not forced to be tied to somebody else's repayment schedule. Right, and so for that, you think about, you know, some people's mentality about, oh, no, I'm paying interest, and, like, it's costing me money to, to be doing this. Well, yes, it is, uh, but it's also buying you lots of time, um, and it's providing for you in your retirement in a lot of ways, and you think about the value of this house that, that you have got the line of credit on. When you sell it, it's going to get covered off. You're not going to have a line of credit on your house that's uh, uh, 
a higher amount than the value of what you could sell the house for. The banks would never do that with you. Right. So, you know, for sure, you're going to be able to pay off this house um, at any point in time when you actually do decide to sell it or downs downsize or whatever. Maybe you live in there so for such a long time that you're old enough that you can just go into a uh, elderly care facility after that and and whatever, right? Yeah, the bill the the bill or debt sewing are always going to get paid off from the assets in the estate, and it may be from cash sitting around or. RSPs that are left over that need to be cashed in when you're settling the estate or from obviously the proceeds of a piece of property. So there's lots of different ways of ensuring that uh, everybody gets paid back from the proceeds of your estate and you want to make sure that you do have assets to pay those bills no different than paying for your funeral and, and tidying up all the loose ends when you're gone. So some people use insurance for that and some people just use the proceeds from the sale of their house or cashing in their investments to make sure all the bills get paid off. So nobody gets left hanging high and dry. Uh, the value is usually in the house to, uh, to cover all of that. And one other thing I think most people need to realize is, is you can actually live and receive income from your home. Um, it's the cheapest money you can live off of. So some people are living off of debt. So compared to your other income that you might be paying 20, 30, 35% uh, tax on, they're going to their bank and say, well, I've got this house and I want to uh, set up a line of credit because I want to use it to supplement my retirement. But it's not taxable income because they're taking out a loan and loans aren't taxable. So if you think about it, if they went to the bank and said, well, I want to take out $50,000 a year for the next five years. So the interest on that 50000 may be 4%, 3.5%. It's low compared to the amount of tax you would pay on most other income. So what's wrong with that? What's wrong with living off of debt and keeping your taxable income as low as possible? Like this is a foreign concept to most people because we're all told and taught that you want to pay off your debt and, and stay out of debt and retire and not have any debt. However, the reality is there's very, very wealthy people in North America that are living off of debt and they're laughing all the way to the bank. We're the ones that are the, the chumps in the whole thing. Why is it that we're so brainwashed that we don't see the, the uh, strategy and living off of debt and paying 3 to 4% interest for that money compared to paying 30 and 40% on any other money that we would be receiving in the form of, of taxable income from? It doesn't matter the source. You know, people are trying to figure out how to make more money, but they're paying, they're paying tax on it. And so if you can borrow money and, pay and, get and use it for 3 or 4% and not, not increase your income, isn't that a better way to go?